Welcome to the Ed Milet Show, the place for leaders, dreams, and champions. Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. This is Ed Milet. I have a special one for you today. We're going to break some ground as a team here today. So, <laughs> this beautiful lady sitting next to me is WWE superstar. Natalia, so thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for the great wine. We're having some damn good wine. You know, by the way, you know it's a good show when we're in the wine room, everybody. You know what the wine room means, so. But I'm gonna call you Natty throughout the show. Yeah, everybody you know, calls in you. WWE, they call me Natalia, but on in my regular everyday life, which is, you know, I mean, they actually call me Natty on TV, too. Yes, so they do. Total Divas, my, you know, you can just call me Natty. All right, that's what we're going with. And uh, we have so many mutual friends, so this has been great for me today. Yeah, you know, really, no, I'm so excited to do this. Me too. I I'm like legitimately fired up for this one, you guys. So, but let's talk about your real life. Let's start yeah. there since you brought that up for a minute. So you grew up, it's almost, you're like bred to be doing almost what you do. So there's two, set, there's two types of fans watching this today. So we need to bridge the gap. There's my audience who many of WWE fans, but not all of them, right? And so they need to become familiar with you. And then there's a WWE universe which knows many of these things too. So we're gonna kind of bridge those two families together today. And so you grew up, your, your dad is Jim the Anvil Nineheart, right. right? You got Bret Hart, Owen Hart, even your grandfather yes. was in the rest of it. So tell us about your family. So my dad is Jim Neidhart. Yeah. My mom is part of the Hart family. So my mom, it's coincidental that my dad's last name is Neidhart, but my yeah. mom is part of the famous Hart family. So yeah. my mom's, um, brothers are Owen Hart mm -hmm. and Bret Hart. And then my uncles, Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, they married into the Hart family because the Hart family, it's, comp it's a complicated family <laughs> tree, but, but the Hart family has, you know, my grandfather, Stu Hart, who's a WWE Hall of Famer, he yeah. had 12 kids. So his daughters married wrestlers. So we ended up you Somehow, literally were bred for this, like legitimately. The British Bulldogs, my, my dad, my uncles, you know, Owen and Brett, and then my grandfather, um, Stu Hart, ran a wrestling promotion called Stampede Wrestling. Yes. And so some of the greatest wrestlers of all time trained with my grandfather, including Muhammad Ali. Really? And yes, and um, so, I mean, Jack Dempsey. Um, Are you serious? Rocky Marciano. It's funny wow. looking back at those old pictures, and I'll post them on Instagram, and yeah. I'm like, now more than ever, I just appreciate my family. I appreciate my grandfather. I appreciate my lineage. Like, I don't take it for granted. They were just really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, my dad, I always say, you know, I said this at my dad's funeral. My dad was really cool. Like, my dad was a, just a badass. He, he, <laughs> <Yeah>. My dad, <laughs> like, let me just cut to the chase. Yeah. My dad would show up to our PTA meetings on a ninja motorcycle <laughs> with Zubas on, Ray-Ban sunglasses, goatee, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes no shirt on. Mm. And it's like, no wonder he never came back to those PTA meetings. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Your dad struck me like, I know in the business there's characters, but your dad was like literally a real life yes. character, right? My dad was so cool. Oh. He was, um, he, you know, growing up, my dad would always talk about his old days, and mm. you know, we would, my sisters and I have two sisters, mm. Jenny and Muffy, and we would, um, we're all one year apart, so we, we wow. were literally like one year apart in age, and growing up, like my dad would always want us to be a sh like throwing a shot put in the middle of our lawn. <laughs> And my sisters and I were like, we don't want to throw the shot put. Who cares about shot putting? Nobody knows what shot putting is. And my whole life, my dad would talk about shot putting and like 
we, we didn't know or care about shot putting, but my dad really wanted us to do it. Okay. And he would always talk about this track and field meet and this guy named like Dubois or something. And, and it's <laughs> funny, when my dad passed away, the LA Times tweeted to me an article of my dad in this track meet that he talked about. Mm. And he talked about, in this track meet, the LA Times, they had covered it and they did an interview and, and it was like, oh my gosh, this was the track meet that my dad talked about his whole life and now the LA Times is tweeting me about it a day later. Oh my gosh. And um, my dad, when he was 18, was the second best shot putter in the US. And went to UCLA to Yeah, went right? to UCLA and I was like, Oh my God, he wasn't making that up about the track. You <laughs> <laughs> always wonder. Yeah. And I was like, you know, looking, I laugh yeah. about those times, but my dad was just super cool. He was, a, you know, he was in track and field and he played football. He played for the Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders and went to UCLA on a full scholarship. Super good athlete. Very gifted athlete and very, just like a prodigy. Yeah. And so I think my dad always had the reputation, especially in WWE and out of WWE, is kind of being a little bit of a bad boy, yeah. a rebel. But I, I also think it was because he was so good in sports, he was so gifted. Mm -hmm. um, later, after this interview is done, I'll yeah. show you on my phone this picture of my dad. Um, he was snatching like 400 pounds oh and uh, bench pressing 670 pounds and oh squatting 700 pounds. And it's funny because I was telling Vince McMahon yeah. that my dad was working out with Hulk Hogan two weeks before he died. And me. Hulk Hogan, you know, was so sweet. He called me. I, I still call him Hulk Hogan because mm -hmm. that's what I remembered him as when I was growing up. Well, it's Terry in real life. Terry. He yeah. was a really good friend of my dad's. And mm -hmm. um, they were very close. Mm -hmm. And when my dad passed away, Hulk called me that night. And he just said, you know, he said to me, he's like, he shared a story with me that he's like, I, your dad would never want me telling you this story, <laughs> but he shared a story, a couple of stories with me. And he said, you know, two weeks ago before your dad passed away, your dad was trying to squat 600 pounds with me. Oh my God. And I was telling Vince McMahon, like after my dad had passed away, I was joking with Vince because yeah. Vince, our boss, he's like an avid fitness fanatic. Oh, he's in an unbelievable shape. That's why I admire him so much for those reasons, Vince, not just business, Vince, every area. Vince is just like a yeah. freak of nature yeah. when it comes to lifting. And Vince is like, wow, that's incredible. And like, I was showing him, you know, pictures and stuff, but people wouldn't believe it unless you had a photo of it. Yeah. And my dad, these pictures of he's him working out. He's 63 years old, he's, he's doing that like, kind of stuff. That's just, and, and it was funny because I didn't even know he and, my, he and Hulk Hogan were working out two weeks prior to him passing away. Wow. And it was just ingrained in my dad, that physical fitness, that yeah. strength, that, you know, it like. It seems like it did you too. I think throughout the conversation, yeah. your dad's the central figure in your life. And obviously with recent events, it's, it's something that we're going to talk a whole yeah. lot about today. But like, I, here's what I didn't know, by the way, because I'm, I'm, I'm a WWE fan, but I did not know the Hart Foundation when he was partners with Brett. I thought we thought, I thought it's odd, they don't look like brothers. So they weren't brothers, right? No, Brett was my mom's yeah, brother. Brother, right. Yeah. Now, I understand that now. And my but I didn't dad know that married the into the family, but yeah. like just because he happened to coincidentally have that last name. That's crazy. Yeah. And um, So did you, you are you the first ever? I'm just curious, are you the first third generation? Female. Yep. That's first, amazing. The first ever third generation female wrestler in the world. Yeah. And um Wow. Yeah. Did you always know you were gonna do it? Like was it when you're twelve years old where you think I know you're shot putting in the front no. yard with your dad, but like I, were you it wasn't until I was like 16 or 17 that I started to kind of get an itch for it. Mm -hmm. Because my dad, this is a kind of a cool backstory, my dad didn't want me wrestling. Because oh. my dad didn't feel like it was a good place for girls. Okay. And it's funny because I, you know, in talking to Steph and being close to Steph, and her, mm -hmm. her dad, and like we have so much in common. Mm -hmm. I, I know she could relate to this so much, yep. but like my dad really didn't, my dad felt like because there weren't very many women involved in WWE the back time. then there was yep. just maybe 
you know, when I was growing up, there was just like Miss Elizabeth and Sensational yes. Sherry. And then as I was in my teens, there was Trish Stratus and mm -hmm. Lita. And, and, you know, it, it started to kind of take off and evolve. Mm -hmm. But um, one of I, our great friends, by the way, I've never, I didn't tell this to Steph or um, the twins, but one of our great friends is uh, the Glow Ladies of Wrestling. She was oh. Cheyenne Cher. And so when I tell them after I meet you guys, the progression of women in the sport of wrestling and how you just become the stars, it reminds me almost like in tennis. Years ago, there was sort of the, now the women are almost better known in the tennis circuit than they are some of the biggest stars in the world of tennis. So Serena Williams is the biggest tennis star in the world, right? And now right. in wrestling, you guys are like these, there's the reality shows about you. The and, girls have really taken off. Yeah. Like it's right now, we're in the middle of this women's evolution and yes. it's cool because, you know, for the last 10 years, like I feel like I've been waiting for the revolution when it wasn't when the revolution wasn't quite ready for me. <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm Jim Neidhart's daughter. I'm ready to do this. You like, are ready to do this. I was so, born to do this. And I watch, like, and I don't, I mean, I just watch, like, you're, you're, I told you this off camera, like, you're the pro's pro. Like, you're outstanding. You're incredible you. in every aspect of it. You're incredible on the divas. You're incredible on your cuts where they do the shots where you get heat. You're incredible in the ring strategically. Thank you're you. athletic. I mean, you're just, and the other ladies acknowledge that too. When I interviewed, um, Bree and Nikki, you know, they told me the person that they've learned the most from in terms of how to execute is you, obviously. They and love you. The twins and I, we started out in WWE the same week, and mm -hmm. nobody ever thought that they would make it because mm -hmm. they were too pretty and too, mm -hmm. they were, and like what you ended up, you know, that's the funny thing is about not judging a book by its cover, but yeah. they were so tough and so feisty, they could survive each other. <laughs> they, they could survive yeah. each other. They right. could sure as hell survive WWE. <laughs> they love you. And I love them. We're very, very close, and um, we just have this connection. We, we, no matter how far apart in the world we are, I, you know, I could yep. be in Germany, and they could be in yep. San Diego. We, we always just, we always keep in touch, and we just have this special bond because we we started out in WWE together, and and their our backgrounds were so different. When I started out in WWE, I came from Calgary, where mm -hmm. my family is from, with one suitcase full of clothes. That was mm -hmm. it. I, I thought I'd come, I thought I'd go back. So I said, I'll just mm -hmm. pack the suitcase and I'll come back for everything else. Mm -hmm. I never went back. But you I, had years of wrestling before yeah, that though. Yeah. I had years of wrestling and I couldn't get hired with WWE. I just mm -hmm. couldn't do it. And mm -hmm. it, I think, and this is actually the first time I've said this. Geez, mm -hmm. this is groundbreaking. This might be the one. Give, give her more wine. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the, I feel like because my family had, at the time I was trying to get hired in 2002, 2003, 2004, I started, I had my first professional match in 2002. And I, my uncle Bret Hart, mm -hmm. there was tension with him in WWE for many years mm -hmm. because he, um, there was something called the screw job. Yep. And it was a very infamous conflict, which now is actually really cool because mm -hmm. it really launched the, the character of Mr. McMahon mm -hmm. and it launched the Attitude Era. That's right, that's a good point. Austin. See, it, it launched, comes from everything. Yep. It was like Bret and Vince McMahon having this tension in this fight where Bret and Vince had a physical altercation. Mm -hmm. And anybody that knows the screwdriver knows what happened. I think yeah. it was Tell just- Tell them what happened, because my audience may not know. So in a nutshell, it was, um, there was a discrepancy over this match that Brett and Shawn Michaels were having. And Shawn Michaels, during the match, they were in, you know, Brett was put in the sharpshooter, which is his own yep. submission move. Yep. And it's what Brett uses to win matches. Yep. And Shawn Michaels put him in it. And then the bell rang and Brett was, Brett never tapped out. Yeah. And, it was just this very tumultuous time where Brett, like, you know, because Brett looked at Vince McMahon like Vince was his dad, like in a fatherly role. Vince and Brett were very, very close. And a lot of the talent in WWE, like, because Vince isn't your normal boss, he's, mm. he's an extraordinary boss. He's like, he becomes kind of like a dad to a lot yeah. of us. 
you know, when I hear that when my yeah. when my dad passed away, it's crazy to say this, but the first person I called was Vince. Oh. He was the first person I talked to because I was scheduled to have a match that night. Mm. And um, I had to call him and tell him I can't show up to the show because I, I have to go home. Mm -hmm. But I have that, that's the kind of relationship that Vince has. Mm -hmm. He's not your regular boss. Mm -hmm. He's like a, it's just a very unique dynamic with him. That's why so many of us are able to do what we do 365 days a year because our boss is so unique and so mm -hmm. different. Vince mm -hmm. is like, he's accessible. If you need to talk to him about something, you can. Seriously, an yes. icon like that, you can pick yes. the phone, you'll get Vince McMahon. If I, well, yeah. not, not all of us, you know, right. have this phone right. number. Right. But I, I've been there for 10 years, so I have a great relationship with Vince, but I could always talk to Vince if mm. I needed to ask him about something important or knock on his door and say, Vince. Like, I think I that's cool for the world to hear because of the character too, right? I think it's cool his for door, people to know that. His door is always open. And mm. it, it's funny because he's always, you know, like at Raw, if mm. I, I don't like to go to him, I don't like to bother him unless it's really important, but. Mm. I, I like that I can talk to him. That's wonderful. And he's, he becomes like a father figure to so many of us. Mm. And so in getting back to that yeah. with Brett, Brett, you know, Brett and Vince had this close, close relationship and Brett, Brett really looked up to Vince like in a fatherly way. So, but Vince is still the boss. He has yeah. to make tough decisions. He has to run his business. He has to run a business with thousands of employees. And he had, you know, this controversy happened. The bell rang and, there was this conflict between Vince and Brett and Sean and it imploded. And there was a physical altercation and um, again, it became very famous as the Montreal Screwjob. WWE's done documentaries yes, on it. Yes, I've seen it. You know, Sean and Brett have spoken about it and mm. Vince has spoken about it and it was just, it was a crazy time. Yeah. And I, I felt like there was a lot of tension with, with Brett and WWE because of what happened. So when I was first starting out in wrestling, I sure. always worried about that sure. because I was like, sure. you know, I don't want what happened with Brett right. to like affect me getting hired. And sure. lo and behold, fast forward, I've been with WWE for over 10 years. I've, I've had more matches than any woman in the history of WWE. Um, I have competed in more Survivor Series, more than any other woman in WWE. Yeah. I've done like groundbreaking things in the company. I've, mm. I've had so many first ever matches and... Um, SmackDown champion, Divas champion. Yeah. Right. And um, just been like the first ever third generation female superstar in WWE and just been a part of such a cool, like it's it's a dream job. It's yeah. like, it's sometimes it doesn't feel like work. I yeah. get so spoiled, I you, don't even know how to explain I it. I think when you're making history too, I don't think you know you're doing it, but like you've ushered in a historic change in, in the sport, in the company. And you're in the midst of it. Someday you'll look back, but like for me as an outsider, having met you and talked with Steph about it and, and Bree and Nikki, like it's lit, you have literally been part of a pioneering revolution in this company that 20, 30, 40 years from now, there'll be women that owe you a debt for this. It's really incredible. Now you've been honored to do it. You're, you guys are, all of you have one thing in common. You're so, so much humility, but these women, these people, by the way, that are in WWE, are some of the most extraordinary athletes and performers in the world. The combination of your performance skills on camera and your athletic skills and the precision, the way they execute is like, I think you all are just absolutely incredible. But you, for me, are kind of at the top of that list. I think for me, because I have that pedigree, when you look yes. at my grandfather is a WWE Hall of Famer, Stu Hart, like my grandfather was given the highest order of Canada, which is called the Order of Canada, which is something like getting knighted by the queen. Because most people didn't know, including our own family, that 
my grandfather ended up getting this Order of Canada after he passed away. We found out that he donated almost all his money to charities. Wow. And he never shared that with anyone mm. until he, like, when he passed away, we started finding out all this extraordinary stuff. But my grandfather mm. was super unsung. Mm. But my grandfather got into wrestling. Um, my grandfather was the amateur wrestling champion of Canada. Growing up, my grandfather in the summers would have a wrestling ring on our yard. So there, instead of having like a sandbox, we had a wrestling ring. Yeah, okay, so all this was like completely predetermined, even though you didn't yeah. know it at the time. Like there's, there's like, like you, if you did something else, it would be very bizarre, right? Like and it's yeah. just like destiny. Yeah, it's absolutely. You, you can't. How out. cool is it though to be? I'm curious. Like how cool is it to kind of? You're like living your destiny. You yeah. know, like, do you, I don't, like so I mean, you're making history. You're living your destiny. Do you sense that? Like, do you, do you? You seem like a really grateful person to me. You know? I am so grateful. And yeah. I always say, like, I always ask myself before I walk through the curtain in WWE, like, it's this room we have called Gorilla. Mm -hmm. And it's like where, you know, everybody's right there before they walk out to the audience before mm -hmm. their match. And before I walk up, before every match, I always ask myself, like, what's my motivation? Why am I doing this? Why yeah. am I, like, why am I getting body slammed? Why yeah. am I getting hit? Why yeah. am I, like, putting myself through this? <laughs> right. And why, what is my motivation? Why am I here? Mm. And for so long, like my motivation was like, I love my family so much. I just want to make sure they're taken care of. Mm. And that was my motivation was my family because like mm. I loved, I wanted to be able to give to my mom and dad what they had given to me growing up. Yeah. And, and so that became my motivation. And yeah. it made me, I feel like it made me, that motivation of family made me very successful. Yeah. Because it wasn't just like, I wanna buy a nice purse or I wanna buy yes. a nice, like I, I wanted to take care of my family. I wanted mm. to create memories and moments and magic with them and that, like even just doing that on Total Divas. Like mm -hmm. it, so many people saw my mom and dad on Total Divas because I just wanted them included in everything. Mm. I wanted everyone to see my dad and see yeah. how cool he was and see my mom. And like mm. I just wanted them to be a part of it. Yeah, and your whole face changes, by the way, when you start talking about your family. And it's like, I listen to people. Almost every question with you ends up coming back to family. Almost my family everything. is extremely important. Yeah, your face changes. And, <laughs> and, and by the way, everybody, the finale of Total Divas is tonight. So today's November 20th. If you're listening to today, the finale was tonight. You're going to want to make yeah. sure that you watch that. There's going to be something we're going to get into here in a minute that's pretty incredible. So, so let me ask you a couple of things. I want to, I want to, I want to complete the family, but I really want to talk about your dad. Yeah. And so, but there's another part of your family. Yeah. Like maybe the most significant part of your family right now, which is your husband, which is TJ. Right. Is that right? So um, I, I met TJ when I was young. And right. I, TJ was 12 and I was 10. Okay. And um, I, TJ claims I told him off. Yes, he does. I yeah, don't yeah. really remember doing that, but he <laughs> claims I did, so I'll let him right. have that. Right. So all of a sudden, TJ is this like scrawny little kid. And he ain't scrawny anymore, if you see him. No, and, well, he right. was this scrawny little right. kid that was hanging out with the, at the Hart House, and then all of a sudden, like, in walks Bret Hart, who's now, who, at the time, Bret was the world heavyweight champion of WWE. Yeah. Owen Hart, the British Bulldog, Jim yeah. Neidhart, and TJ's like, wow, like, Teddy's family is so cool. They have a wrestling ring in their yard. And, you know, it was, it was divine intervention, I feel like, TJ meeting our family, because TJ, once he met our family, once he met Brett and Owen and, you know, um, my uncle's Dave, my uncle Davey boy, actually, he, he was the British Bulldog. Yes. He actually like just came close to adopting TJ, not, not legally, but TJ lived with him and became like his son. And um, Davey, Davey boy, you know, also passed away, but we have, a, we have a lot of, you know, people that took TJ under his wing, like Davey and like mm -hmm. my uncle Owen and like mm -hmm. Brett and like, like my family. Mm -hmm. So TJ all of a sudden became part of the Hart family where he like literally just became part of the family. Everybody fell in love with TJ to the point where my uncle Owen Hart 
invited TJ to WrestleMania. And I think it was WrestleMania 13, but TJ will probably correct me on the date. But he, Owen invited TJ to WrestleMania, put him in first class. Really? And TJ was like this scrawny, like 100 pound yeah. kid that was like, he's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to WrestleMania as Owen's guest and Owen's putting me in first class. And I remember being so pissed off. I was like, how dare you? So you're not even in, a so, part of this family and you're going to WrestleMania. So at that time, everybody fell in love with him except you. I was annoyed. Right. Because, <laughs> Look at your face, you're still annoyed about it. Look at you. Because, <laughs> Because at the time, TJ was like this little, he was like this little jerk. And he was like, he, he just, <laughs> he just always wanted to act cool. And he just always wanted to act like the tough guy. And it's like, no, you're not even a part of our family. And you're going to WrestleMania and sitting in first class. But Owen just like fell in love with TJ and wanted him in first class. And TJ was like, I'm going to wrestle. You know, he was all excited about it. But TJ fell in love with wrestling. And he knew from that point on, from meeting my cousin Teddy to being at the Hart House and we even had our own kids wrestling promotion when we were growing up in our backyard called Gosh. the Kids Wrestling Association. Sheesh. We had our own belt and our own, you know, championship yeah. and our own, like, I was a bell ringer, I was a manager, I was, we, wow. we just, we, there, our entire life we've been surrounded by this. So TJ knew from a very young age he was going to do this. Yeah. It was his destiny. Your story's bananas. Yeah. I mean, the story of all of this convergence of circumstances and you guys, like it, it um, we're doing it some justice here today. Like it would be one of the most amazing documentaries if we had longer time about just your family, because as many of you know, you know, then there was the passing of Owen, and that was tragic for your family. And there's just been all of this good and bad that sort of galvanized your family together, and then it leads to kind of recently, right? And it, it bring all those hardships. Though what's crazy about it all is that it's brought us together and it's made us stronger. And mm. You look at TJ, and TJ, like I said, he was first match, 15 years old, you know, superior wrestler. He was so good because he was so small. Mm -hmm. He knew that being that small, he had to be exceptional. Because in WWE, you have to be really good on the mic, you have to look yeah. exceptional, or you have to be able to go in the ring like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. You have to have one of those things. Yeah. And TJ knew that he needed to be the best, the best mm -hmm. wrestler that you could possibly be. And he, TJ, wrestled for 20 years and then there was an unfortunate um injury that he had and he couldn't wrestle anymore mm. he um he broke his neck at the base of his brain mm. and so it was the same injury that christopher reeves had where mm. it was like the c1 c2 vertebrae fortunate to be alive and he, yeah. it was just it was a really unfortunate um accident and he took this tough situation which yeah. you know as stuff happens yeah. and he took this tough night this tough situation and he never let it stop him he never said i'm going to get out of shape he basically made it like his mantra to get into the best shape of his life crazy. and he is now in the best shape of his life he mm -hmm. works out as crazy as it sounds because i'm like take a day off yeah he works out seven days a week Whoa. and he's in like he's just he everything he puts in his body his his fitness routine, the people that he hangs out with, uh, the ideas that he has. He's so, he wants to, he wants to make all these incredible changes within, within the industry to help make WWE even better than it's ever been. I love that. And I think Vince, our boss, like he loves that too because he mm. loves that fresh young energy yep. that TJ brings. And I'm like, TJ, this is your destiny. That's exactly and, right. And that's why I bring it up because it's like, yes, it was a hard situation because nobody wants to get injured. Of course. It's a horrible thing, mm. but he has taken it and it's been like almost like a blessing. Yeah. It's been like one of the best things that's ever happened to us because it's made us look at the world differently. I believe that and I have this weird theory. Um, I don't think actually think it's weird anymore. I really believe everything in your life happens for you and not to you. Really, really difficult when the really bad stuff happens. Like, yeah. like 
what we're going to talk about in a minute, like how did that happen for me or for good? I mean, it's right. my dad right now has cancer. He's sick. He's doing well, everybody, by the way. But, and I say, you know, I even believe that extreme event happened for me and not to me and it for our family, not to our family. And the reason is little things are better about it. For example, I'm, I'm, I, my time with my dad's more precious. Right. My time with my own kids is more precious. Um, other things that used to be really important to me aren't quite as important. It's like change my perspective on things. So it's not the events of your life that happen to you. Yeah. It's the meaning you attach to those events and then what you do with them. And so that's what TJ's done. And that's what your family's done pretty much consistently yeah. through an unbelievable journey of all the different tragedies and good and bad things that have happened. And when you look back at it, it's funny, when you make those right decisions, it is destiny. Yeah. It is part of your destiny. And so I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about your dad. Yeah. So I love talking about my dad. I know that. <laughs> and and um and so your dad was this world class athlete that we talked about, right? Yeah. And I could just tell that and I, I think all daughters are probably this way, but but his love for you and his affection or attention really is a big deal to you when he was here, right? And yeah. So talk about for a minute, because we're going to talk about his passing in a minute too, but I, I just what was your relationship like with your dad? All, the good and the bad. And well, the, my and dad the, and I, like, we're just super, we were super close. Mm. I still talk about him now. Like, it's only been three months since he's passed away, but I still talk about him now. Like, I keep catching myself talking about him like he's still here. Yeah. Um, but we were super close and mm. we were very similar. Like my really? mom would always say that and my dad, like we, my dad and I had so much in common. We talked to like, we looked alike. you know, I didn't have the goatee, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we were very, very similar. And I had that, I just, my sisters were more like my mom and I was just like my dad. Mm. Like, and that's probably why I got into wrestling, got into WWE because I, I was more of the ham. I wore my heart on my sleeve and like, I just, I, I was theatrical and athletic and like, it was just this perfect blend for what I do in mm. WWE today. And, and my dad, he just, my dad cared more about relationships than even being successful. I know mm. that sounds crazy, but. Sounds great. Somebody came, somebody approached me about writing a book on my dad. And I said, you know, this is about six months ago. I told my dad, I go, I think this would be great for you. You could talk about your stories. And, and I thought maybe this would be like my dad's last chance to try to reaccount some of these memories mm -hmm. because my dad had Alzheimer's. And um, most people didn't know that yeah. except for close family, but my dad was battling Alzheimer's for many years. Mm -hmm. And I really just wanted my dad, before things got crazy, I wanted him to try to get these memories together because your memories are the they're the pages of your life. Yeah. And when you don't have those anymore, it's like, what the hell do you have? Mm. And so I thought, if this guy wants, this amazing journalist wants to write this book on my dad, it'd be good for my dad to talk about his memories. Long story short, this gentleman came down, met with my dad, and my dad was like, I don't want to talk to this guy because I'm mm. not telling him the secrets of what happened in the locker room. Mm. And my dad wanted to protect his relationships. Uh -huh. And he didn't, what happened in the trenches stayed in the trenches. Mm. And my dad was like, I can't tell them what happened between mm. me and Brett in Tokyo that night. Mm. And like the guy, you know, I was like, I'm so sorry. I think he's just a little shy right now. Here, daddy, have a <laughs> shot of Jack. <laughs> and like, my dad was like, nope. Even after like five shots of Jack, he was like, mm -mm, I'm not talking to this guy about anything. Those relationships. Because his relationships to him were just everything. And my mm. dad's like, no, 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 no. I don't, there's no amount of money that's gonna make me throw someone under the bus to share my story. Mm. And so I, I looked back at that and I respected my dad for those things because all my dad cared about were his relationships and 
My dad and I just had such a journey together. We had such a Was tumultuous very. He, when we first started to figure out that he had Alzheimer's, when we first started to identify that my dad had this condition. How did you know? But I think we should, let's help some well, people here. What, what did you notice and what did you do My about dad um, started having these seizures and yes. my, and let me start this off with, my dad's mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at the same age as my dad mm -hmm. and my dad's grandma had Alzheimer's. So it was something that ran mm -hmm. in my, in my dad's family. Sure. And so it was this you know, condition that, it, you know, we didn't know my dad would get it, but he was diagnosed the same year that his mom was. Mm -hmm. And he started having these seizures and obviously, you know, things were changing inside of him. Mm -hmm. And we didn't quite know what was wrong. And one of the seizures that my dad had, it was called a grand mal seizure. And it lasted for about 15 minutes. And we actually thought that night that my dad was gonna die. Mm -hmm. And um, I've never seen anything like it. And my dad was in a coma after and we didn't know what was gonna happen to my dad. And um, this is the first time I've ever shared this story, mm -hmm. but my dad woke up and like the first thing he was like saying was like, my daughter, she's a wrestler, she's amazing. Oh. And it made me sad because my sisters were there and I didn't want my sisters to feel like my dad didn't care about them. Yeah. And so I was just like, I never mm -hmm. like wanted to bring that up, but my dad mm -hmm. like was talking about me when he woke up and he was like, my daughter, she's so incredible. Mm -hmm. And so it was because we had that connection with wrestling mm -hmm. and my dad, like his office, you know, where after he passed away, we put everything in my dad's office. Cause I told my mom, I go, we're not getting rid of anything. We're just going to put it into this one room. Mm -hmm. So that way everything is just in the office. Mm -hmm. So anytime we want to go see daddy, we just go in the office mm -hmm. and his office is just this shrine to like the two of us. It's like our wrestling dolls and mm. our pictures and like all these memories. Mm. I'm it's, so sorry that you lost him. I know. It's I'm just so sorry. for me. It was like, and I, 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 it's hard to even talk about him without because it's just still very fresh. Sure. But like he and I just had this special connection, mm -hmm. and that's why I love doing Total Divas with him because my dad. I just even though he wasn't in WWE anymore and he wasn't wrestling because you know he can't wrestle at 63 years old. Right. I sure don't want him to. Right. Right. <laughs> really didn't want him putting on pink sandals. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad. Um, I wanted him to shine yeah. and I just, like I said, before yeah. I walk out through the curtain, before I go to the ring, I think, what's my motivation? And it's like, I'm so happy that like I got to help him shine because mm -hmm. he, I made sure he was included in everything to the point where my dad became like a really big character on Total yeah. Divas. Yep. And there were just so many incredible moments. Like one of my favorite stories on Total Divas was there's a cast member named Lana mm -hmm. and she and I have had a very tumultuous relationship. I think I'm told her off like 30 times. Mm -hmm. But we, um, yes, yeah. we've had a lot of fights, but I yeah. love her like a sister. Yeah. That's the relationship that we have. But my dad loved her because she was beautiful and blonde and just like, he <laughs> I think he reminded, I think Lana reminded my dad of when he was growing up in California. Mm. Like this beautiful, blonde, mm. vivacious girl. And she yep. was kind of like ditzy, but like she knew what she was doing. That yep. she just loved that energy. Yeah. And every time Lana would come over to film and I'd always be like, come to my house because I would want my mom and dad included. Mm. My dad would get so excited about Lana, and he's like, she's a great girl. And like, he just put her over, and I, I said, but daddy, she's not prettier than me. And he goes, oh, yes, she is. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, all right. But we had this, we, we had this story, and my dad, it's funny, it's a situation that happened because my dad was trying to teach me how to shop put. So I thought, this will be funny for Total Divas. We'll go on the lawn, we'll, you know, the neighbors, by the way, my neighbors still have not talked to me since this night. But my dad was trying to teach me how to shot put and Lana came over and somehow Lana being a complete 
you know, being a goofball, threw the shot put into the windshield of my car. Oh. And my dad got really scared, and he was like, this is crazy, like, why did she do that? And mm. Lana was like crying on the grass, the alarm mm. was going off on the car, and I was trying to calm my dad down. I was like, mm. you know, daddy, it's okay. Like, and my dad was like, she's so, I can't believe she did this, your car is ruined. And like, mm. I go, daddy, go in the house. Lana's crying, my dad's like in this, you know, like Elmer Fudd storming into the house. <laughs> and um, I had to go down, in, or I had to go into my house to calm my dad down, and to get him to calm down, I, I told him, I go, daddy, and I, I, you know, I had to make this up to get him yep. to calm down. I go, Daddy, it wasn't even, it wasn't real. It was just for the show. Mm. Okay, Lana didn't even, like, don't worry about it. It's all just, my dad goes, Natty, you gotta let the boys in on these spots. Oh. Like, almost like it was a wrestling oh, match. She's wow. like, you know, if we're running a spot, you gotta let the boys in on the spot that you're gonna run. Oh, wow. And it was wow. just so cute, because, like, he was, like, relating that accident yeah. with the shot put back to, like, wrestling in a match. She's like, you gotta let me in on these, like. <laughs> I didn't know and I was so I was like, don't worry. And I'm like, Lana, get, please leave my house right <laughs> you're now. You're gonna kill her and I you're protecting like, yeah. But, but yeah, my dad and I just had a super special connection. And, and you know, we always, you can't ever prepare yourself for a loss like that. To me, it was a humongous, you know, huge, it was just still such a huge void. And, but I just, I also feel like what has helped me get through this tough time is being around my friends, talking yeah. about it, sharing yeah. what I loved about my dad. And also um, what was cool, and it's going to be in the finale, was... I didn't even know, like, I didn't know when my dad passed away, I was actually getting ready to go to work. And mm -hmm. I got a phone call from my sister. And she just, you know, it was like seven o'clock in the morning, I had this, this advertised match that I was supposed to have with Alexa Bliss that night. Mm. Fast forward, I can't do the match. Mm. I go home, I fly home, take care of everything. Well, Vince, being Vince, being the person that he is, and being just like, again, like a father figure, he called my husband. And he said to TJ, um, a couple days after my dad passed away, he said, I really want Natty at SummerSlam. I really think it'd be good for Natty to come to SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. And TJ was like, I'm not sure if she'll be able to because, you know, this is, they haven't had the funeral yet. The funeral's yeah. on Friday and SummerSlam was on Sunday. So my dad died Monday, SummerSlam, SummerSlam or yeah, SummerSlam is six days later. Mm -hmm. So I told TJ, I'm like, I don't think I can do it. Like, I just, I don't think I can be around everybody right now. I just, I'm like still planning these funeral arrangements and we have to make sure this, you know, cremation is taken care of and I, I wanna make sure everything runs smoothly and just, I wanna give them the best send off. I can't think about SummerSlam. Mm. Well, looking back to that time, I was thinking like, oh my God, I'm so happy that Vince asked me to come because once the funeral happened on Friday, Saturday rolled around oh and I was gosh. like, I, I, I said to TJ, I go, I'm ready to go. Mm. Because all my work with my dad is done now. Your dad my, would probably want you to be my there. My dad would want me to be there. And it yeah. was like my dad was like speaking to Vince mm. and saying like, call Natty and to, you know, mm. ask her to come. Mm. And I was like, this is my dad's doing. He, mm. My dad is like all about this. So I said to TJ, I go, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get more eyes on my dad. I love this. I am gonna wear the jacket that yeah. my dad wore in 1991 mm. with my Uncle Brett, the Hitman Hart, mm -hmm. they walked out at Madison Square Garden, won the tag team championship mm -hmm. in, with this jacket on. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna wear my dad's jacket that he won the titles in, Gosh. and at MSG. And I'm gonna wear, I know it's huge, but I don't care. I'm gonna put yeah. it on and I'm gonna walk down that ramp and everybody is gonna, they're not gonna think about me, they're gonna think about my dad. Yeah. And so I remember walking out through that curtain at the Barclays Center in New York City, which how ironic, New York, my dad, Crazy. 1991. Destiny. You know, destiny chasing. Yeah. And I walked out wearing my dad's jacket and I thought, 
like the entire audience sold out Barclays Center. Everybody understood the jacket. Yeah. And nobody had to say anything. I didn't yeah. have to explain it. I didn't have to tweet about it. I didn't have to like talk yeah. about it on Instagram. Everybody knew about the jacket. And it was my dad's like, I was like, we're gonna get, my dad's gonna have the best send off. I'm gonna get everybody thinking about my dad. And that was like, that's just the best feeling. Again. Yeah, and the place went bananas. Before I yeah. walked through, they yeah. went, they just. Crazy. Like, the love for you and him that night, and we're gonna show this on the YouTube, but it's just, such an amazing moment. And it, get, it goes back to, which I, I didn't even think about this until now, but it goes back to before I walk out through that curtain, what's my motivation? And it's yeah. like, my motivation is my family because yeah. that is what's real. Yeah. The rest of it, like if everything else blows up in flames, That's like your right. family and your relationships and your bond, that is what's real. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd love a good Louis Vuitton purse. <laughs> Right. Don't get me wrong, right. but that's not what's real. What's yeah. real is like this incredible connection with with people that you love. Yeah. And Vince understood that connection. Yeah. And it was like my dad was speaking to Vince. Vince knew to bring me. It was like everything was coming full circle. My dad was saying like, and my mom and I, before my dad passed away, we, we had a lot of talks about like, this Alzheimer's stuff, we're, we're like, we don't know about all this stuff. Like yeah. we haven't experienced this before. We're like going into these uncharted territories with mm. like, we started to see the changes in my dad, but we didn't know, we didn't know, like we were just scared about what was unfolding because yep. was my dad gonna know in a year from now who I was? Yep. Was he gonna try to, you know, attack us because he thought we were a burglar because mm -hmm. he didn't recognize us? Mm -hmm. And you hear about those stories where yes. people have Alzheimer's and they just don't yep. like, and they start acting crazy and doing crazy things. And I was said to my mom, I'm like, the last thing I ever wanna do is put, you know, daddy in a home. And I'm so grateful that we never had to. Yeah. And I feel like my dad left on top. Mm. He left on his terms, he left on top, he left squatting 600 pounds with Hulk Hogan. And he left on top, and yeah. he left being a badass. Yeah, he left, and you, just so you know, like, I watch the show, and so you've always honored your dad. Yeah. And I think it's such a beautiful relationship. I just think it's, I think life's amazing. And I just think that this little girl who's in the children's wrestling league in the backyard there, that to think that someday when you're back there playing there, TJ's there too, like that somehow someday you're gonna walk out of New York with your dad's jacket on, honoring him. It's just the, the convergence of circumstances. Yep. Your life is so magical and li everybody's life can be magical. But it's interesting what you said. I was, I, I told you that I think things happen for us and not to us. And I want to commend you for the courageous act because this is really one of the first times you've ever discussed this. Right. People knew your dad passed, but they didn't know how or why. Right. And so, and it's courageous because you're honoring him by doing that, but also millions of people can be helped by this, yes. right? Because there's, there's, you know, there's one of the great quotes about Ronald Reagan had Alzheimer's. And he wrote this great letter when he found out he got it. He talked about, I'm now in the sunset of my life. And Nancy Reagan said the hardest thing about watching when someone, his Alzheimer's advanced, she said, the hardest thing about watching someone you love forget they love you. And so at least in your situation, you're right. I mean, you, you know, that happens. There's, and there's a lot of people listening to this that understand it, that relate to that, that there becomes a point where someone that you love may forget that they love you. This disease is something we need to cure. It's something that I'm really passionate about too. It's, it doesn't need to happen and there's progress being made towards it. But let's help some people with like the Alzheimer's and topic. there's so much so. we can do to prevent it. And that's, you know, I ended up getting to know Maria Shriver mm -hmm. through um, my dad, you know, because my dad had Alzheimer's mm -hmm. and she has a whole organization yes. for women. And, you know, she, she spearheaded all this stuff for Alzheimer's and research and just prevention. And like by living a healthy life, working out, eating good food, right. writing, reading. Yep. You know, I write a weekly column every week. Um, 
for a national newspaper and it started getting picked up by the National Post. And it's just, I literally get on a plane and instead of reading a People magazine or playing on Instagram, I'll write an essay, a 600 word essay. And I get to use pictures. I've done it for almost two years. How do and people I think, get it? How do they get access um, it? It's, you can just go online. Okay. It's, um, it's, it's um, the newspaper is the Calgary Sun, but okay, it's sure. now, like now the National Post is picking okay. it up. People are picking it up. And okay. um, on my Instagram, there's always a link to it. Okay. But um, I write that column because when, you know, one of the things Maria Shriver talked about is using your brain. Mm -hmm. You know, like we just need to exercise our brains. Mm -hmm. We need to do things. There's things we can do to prevent Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Like there's stuff they're actually showing proof mm -hmm. that you can, you can, in your youth, start to prevent it. Great. And um, that's what reading, writing, do, having stimulating conversations with people, you know, yeah. talking, doing different things, reprogramming your brain, different foods you eat, like getting your omegas, you know, yeah. eating like, you know, avocados can help you, salmon, yeah. things that, you know, have certain fats in them. There's just things you can do to prevent Alzheimer's. And, and so I'm, I'm very curious to know and grow with, you know, the different things we can do to prevent it. Cause so one of the things your dad, that you acknowledge though, that's important is first off, that it can be genetic. So that if you have a predisposition to that in your family, these are things you need to be really vigilant about, okay? And then there's also some things I just want everyone to hear because in, in honor of your dad, I just want to talk about this just for a few minutes because people say, well, how do I know? What are the signs? So I'm gonna give you seven signs that you, that you should be looking for, okay? Is there any memory loss that disrupts your daily life? Okay, so not just, you know, as we age, we lose a little bit of memory, but does it start to disrupt your daily life? Do you end up, do you observe in somebody them having challenges in planning or solving problems? Do they have difficulty completing familiar tasks at home or in their leisure? Do they have any confusion about time or place? Okay, these are, these are just tips that I want you all to have. Um, make sure I don't lose the other ones here. Um, new problems with words or speaking or writing, misplacing things and losing the ability to retaste their steps, decreased or poor judgment and withdrawal from work or social activities. And one other thing, everyone, is motor skill changes. If, they, if you see somebody or you personally start to experience some motor skill changes or a fall, for example, these are signs of Alzheimer's or could be potentially signs of Alzheimer's. The most important thing you do is go get looked at by a doctor, go get the appropriate scan. So I just want to make sure that I mention that to everybody in advance. And there's, yeah, and there's, you know, with my dad, like he was good at hiding it. And so that was the fun thing about like, mm. it, it was weird how like my dad became even more, I don't know how to, how to say this, mm. but he just became a little bit more childlike, but I also got to see a side of him that I never got to see growing up because he was always gone so much, traveling with WWE mm. and like, it was in some ways, again, like I don't, I don't like to look at Alzheimer's as like a curse. I also think of it as a way that brought our family closer together because sure. we got to spend more time with my dad and see a different side of him. And he was, he was very sweet, um, very, very sweet towards the end of his life. And um, I just, I'm so gl glad and grateful I got to spend as much time with him as I did. And I hope you always stay this emotional about it. By the way, I want to say one other thing, because you love him so much, yeah. right? And I've observed it with Christiana, with my wife. Her father's been gone a long time now. But I don't think, I think there's just something special between a daddy and his little girl. It's just, yeah. it's unexplainable in the world. And there are even times now, it's years later, I'll walk in, it's random. She'll be in the closet and I can hear her in the closet crying, you know, and I'll say, what's going on, babe? So I'm just miss my daddy, you know, just yeah. randomly. There's nothing. That, and I think it's wonderful because she just still loves him so much, right? It's, and so, it's an incredible, mm. it's, it's just, it's a connection. Yeah. And it's more than, it's just more special than anything. And it's mm -hmm. just things that, you know, I love, I'm, I love looking back at old photos and 
Mm. You know, I'm, I probably probably drive everybody crazy on Instagram with all the pictures I post of my dad. But you but did it today. I, I, love I just love. You did it. He and TJ today. Yeah, I was shirt. like, oh my god, I love that picture. My yeah. dad was wearing Big Show's shirt. Oh yeah, okay. Big Show had given me a shirt of his. Mm. Um, and my dad was so big, and like yeah. Big was like, "This is one of my shirts. Give it to your dad." My dad mm. loved it because it was like three XL. Mm. But I love that this is like a look because everyone sees this. I mean, you forget because you're so so nice, and 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 you 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 love other people so much. It's it's really easy to quickly forget, which I love about you. Is like, and maybe you got some of this from your dad. Your dad struck me as like he's just a dude. Right, like he yeah. just loved people. He's a dude. I bet, I bet you, I wouldn't want to go on the wrong side of your dad either. By the way, he looked like, you know, he probably let you know what was up. I would imagine, right? Yeah. But, but probably like to have a good time. But you just forget that this woman's famous. You just forget that millions of people look to her, and so because you have such humility, like really, like success suits you. And I don't like to think of myself as famous. Yeah, I really don't. Other than like, I don't want a boiled bunny sent to my door, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you get weird things from fans mm. that like bless their hearts. Sometimes mm. it's too much, but I don't, I don't like to look at myself as famous because, at, like, fame is fleeting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like you can be off TV for three weeks and feel like no one knows who you are. Like, mm. it's to me, especially when people run into us. I like think about when somebody runs into you and they recognize you. Mm -hmm. If you're rude to them or you're not nice to them, it's the one time that they met you. It's a hundred percent right. And it's like I remember, and gosh, I shouldn't even say his name, yeah. but Richard Gear. Mm -hmm. He was. I was doing um, mm -hmm. AOL Build, mm -hmm. and he was doing it. He was on before me, and so I was a guest on after him. And I love pretty, I mean, I, mm. that's one of my, you know. Great movie. It's, By the way, his name in that movie is Edward, everybody, just so you know. <laughs> that's one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time, and I ran into him and I got really starstruck. I was like, mm. oh, there's mm. like, you know, I don't want a fangirl, but like. Yeah, it's Richard Gere. It was right. like, right. oh my God, this is crazy. So yeah. I walked up to him and I fangirled hard. Mm. And um, <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, but I just, can I get a picture? He goes, and he, then he was in a rush. He didn't give it to you. Yeah. He did, but he was mm. like, hurry up. Mm. And he kind of got rude, and I was like, hold on, mm. <laughs> like, don't ruin my dreams, It's please. true. He got really, like, snippy with me, and I always like, well, shit, I don't want to get the picture then. Yeah, Like, right. I was like, I... And he will never forget it. And I think he was just in a rush, and he was right. just in a hurry, and who knows, his, you know, somebody might have been yelling at him, or... You don't know what people's days are like. Yeah. But he was a little snippy, and he's like, just make it fast. And I was mm. like, oh, you know, mm. never mind. Yeah. Because I felt like I was getting on his nerves. But then I think now, like my, like TJ, my husband, we're going through airports and like it's five o'clock in the morning and somebody throws their child in front of me and they're like, sign 18 cards. Just like, Natty, yeah. be nice. Yeah. And like, I'm like, yeah, I know, but we're going to miss our flight. And it's like, mm. Yeah. Signing him as fast as I can, because I don't want to be that person where they go, well, if Natty was so rude to us, that's their one time that they might meet you. you and they, it. I don't want them writing a blog about me and ruining their life. No, and it's even more than that, because I know you now. It's like, you're also just kind. And so, yeah. like, I'm the, I'm the same yeah. way. Like, I've had, a, I was fortunate before all of this to be around some pretty well-known good friends of ours. And I'd watch some of them treat people great. And I'd watch the just gracious response for people. And then I watched a few of my friends not people, treat people so great. And how some of the looks of disappointment on people's faces when they meet a hero and it's yeah. not what they expect it to be. And so that when I did start to get some notoriety, I am conscious of that too, because I'm sort of an impatient person. And, and so I'm conscious of that all the time. Yeah. I think that overall though, the people in the WWE that I've met all the way from the top people like Steph all the way to you know, the, all of the acts that I've met, right. the performers, like overall, you're talking about a wonderful group of people. I heard you say they're sort of like, we've talked about your actual family, WWE is kind of like a family for you now, right? It is, and you look at, you know, Vince and Steph, they, they're always like, no matter how busy the day is, mm -hmm. like, 
it could be the craziest day ever, and it could be WrestleMania. Or like Vince and Steph are always busy, but like yeah. they always talk to you like they have all day long. Mm. Like Stephanie, you know, she actually, and I'll never forget this. She had an appearance the day of my dad's funeral. She had an autograph signing for a charity that she was doing, and she was scheduled to be back in New York City at six p.m. that night. She was advertised mm. for this signing, and she flew to Tampa, and literally had like minutes to make her appearance but she flew to my dad's funeral oh, and wow. she stayed after she talked to everyone she never i kept saying steph you have to go you have yeah. the signing you have to get out of here she stayed for the entire thing and she just gave so much of her time and energy and it's a reminder of like in, in wwe we really are a family like mm -hmm. she wasn't my boss at the funeral she was just somebody that was holding my mom's hand wow and like it made us feel really good that like we know that we have the support mm -hmm. like you know something really hard happened and when bad things happen, it's okay to be sad and it's good to have support and people holding your hand. Yeah. And in WWE, everybody, everybody was just so there and so wonderful. And we look at Roman Reigns and it's like he's giving this speech about like none of us ever even knew he had leukemia. Yeah. Like he, he, he had hidden it from all of us. Mm. Only like a couple people, like maybe Vince and Hunter knew that he had leukemia. Mm. And um, it was like, a, again, it, it just goes back to us being a family. Like we, he wasn't like, a star, he was like our friend, he was like a brother, he was like a family member that was mm. sick. Mm. And we were all like crying backstage and everybody was just so upset thinking like, oh my God. That like, guy's had millions and millions of prayers, you know, from around the world, from both the company and from the WWE universe. I mean, I, you could see it. You just like, yeah. you know, you just mm. think like he goes from being larger than life to all of a sudden being like, yeah. wow, he's like fighting for his life, you know. Yeah. What has that done for you? I'm curious, you know, in, in, in interest of helping people too. So you've had a tremendous loss. And by the way, I. I, I, again, I tell you, it's so courageous that you're helping people with this loss, but like, what is the, how's it affected you personally? Like, I'm curious, because there's a lot of people listening to this who have experienced loss. They've lost a parent or a loved one. Some have lost a child even, right? Like, how has this affected you, losing your dad? Has it changed any of your outlooks on things? Is it, it what's it done? It, um, I feel like we just have to learn how to, like, we have to create a new normal. We have to try to create a new normal and we're just trying to figure out what that normal is. Mm. And I, I truly believe like when you're sad, you gotta just go through it. Mm. You can't go over it, you can't go under it, you can't go around it, you just have to go through it. Right. You gotta cry when you need to cry, you gotta mm. laugh when you need to laugh, yeah. you gotta talk about, I call my mom like, I mean, my mom and I talk way more than we need to. Like, <laughs> we talk about the same thing every day, but we just wanna talk about it. And mm. my mom will tell me, you know, she'll keep going through what happened because my mom was there when my dad died. Mm -hmm. And she just, she saw everything happen. And so yeah. she keeps on explaining it to me and I just listen. Mm -hmm. And we talk about it and again, we just go through it. And mm -hmm. for me, it's made me more cognizant of what's real and what's important. And I, I'm at work and, you know, granted, we all get caught up in trivial little things like, gosh, I want to be in this cool storyline. Gosh, yeah. I want to be the women's champion. Gosh, I want to wrestle Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Like, and, and then it started putting it, for me, I just started putting everything into perspective and I was like, gosh, I want people to have, a, like, if, if I pass away, I wanna make sure that like my relationships are strong. Yeah. It's made my life a lot deeper. And like when my dad died, I didn't care about what storyline I was gonna be in or whether I had the title or whether mm -hmm. I, you know, whether the stock market was doing great or like, mm -hmm. I just was like, I don't care. I care about like, I wanna look at old pictures of my dad. I wanna think about those funny times. I wanna go through my phones and look at the text messages that he sent me. And like, 
I want to remember him. I want to give him a great send off. I want to like honor him. I, you know, and, and so he, my dad helped me put things into perspective, but I also don't want to hide his disease anymore yeah. because we were hiding his disease for a long time because we, I don't even think we were embarrassed about it, but we didn't want my dad to be embarrassed. Mm. We didn't want my dad who people looked at as larger than life. We didn't want him looking weak. But he wasn't weak. He just had something that well, he inherited. That's right. And his, you know, his his mom and his grandma. It was something he just, he was unfortunately, you know, inherited that genetic disposition to getting that. Yeah. And I want to make sure that my dad's legacy lives on. So that's become a different focus for me. Whether my dad gets into the WWE Hall of Fame, which I really want my dad to, because he talked about that before he, he died. Yeah. He wanted to get into the Hall of Fame. He yeah. said. More than being a shot putter, a world-class shot putter, more than playing in the NFL, my dad was a wrestler in WWE, right. a superstar. And my dad was the most proud of his accomplishments in WWE. Mm -hmm. And I want to one day see him get you know, honored. So by spreading, his, by spreading the message about you know, Alzheimer's awareness and like how we can help others and people that are going through the same thing, and like, I don't want to be ashamed of my dad's disease. I want to yeah. be able to help help other people that are going through the same thing. And that's why I love Total Divas because that show, it's fun to watch because it's, you know, there's a lot yeah. of fun, lighthearted stuff. We go on these cool vacations and we do fun things, but when you can share a powerful story where people can tune in and relate and go, oh my God, I'm going through that same thing. Yes. Like, like to lose a parent is an incredible loss to, mm. you know, my dad and I, we were, we were so close, but like so many people are going through this. And my dad was so lucky that he got to live a rich life and a mm -hmm. colorful life. And he mm -hmm. didn't have to go into a nursing home and he didn't have to forget who we were. Mm -hmm. And I, I said to my mom, I go, I didn't want daddy to keep living. I, I didn't want my dad to keep, I didn't want my dad to be alive and not on his terms. Yeah. Because that Alzheimer's is a really ugly disease. And yeah. I kept hearing about it from people mm -hmm. like even you know, when I was doing this work with Maria Shriver and I was meeting different people from her organization that were talking about like, oh, my dad had it and he did this and our grandma had it. And, and I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be so hard on my mom. Like she's mm. such a strong woman, but like, I don't want my mom to like mm -hmm. not be able to live her life because my dad doesn't, you know, have yeah. his. Yeah. So it's, it's put my life into a different perspective, but. You do a few things though, I wanna tell you that you do it unconsciously because you're great. So <laughs> I'll no, take that all day. No, 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 I'm serious. So, and I want everyone listening to this because what we always want to do is we want to help people with th these incredible stories. And typically, people that are humble and also great, they they like are unconsciously really good at things. So it's just natural for you to do. But I want to I want to hit everybody right between the eyes with something right now. Every time we've been talking about your dad's illness and his situation, you keep going back to wanting to honor him. And you're doing that. And by the way, you're honoring him mainly with the caliber of woman you are. Thank you. And it's just, it's just true. Like you're, even on camera, like your goodness just kind of comes through. I believe that about you. I've always believed that when I've watched you. But I want to ask those of you that have parents that are living or gone, are you honoring them with your life? Are you honoring them with your effort? Are you honoring them with getting better? Are you honoring them with helping other people? Because of all the problems you've got in your life right now, at the end of the day, it's the meaning you take away from events. And what should override anything you're going through right now is your desire to honor the people who always believed and loved you. And I think as a, as a woman, you're doing an amazing job of that. You're listening and watching an example of somebody who's honoring her father and her mother and Elizabeth, right? Right. He's honoring, she's honoring them. Are you doing that in your life right now? Or are you sort of wallowing in self-pity? Are you focusing on your problems all the time, right? Are you just sort of getting through this life 
rather than honoring your family and honoring yourself with changing your life and making it better. So you're doing that automatically, but I wanted people to hear an example of this today. And this is what you're listening to on her. And in terms of that, I'm gonna ask you some stuff. You gotta brag about yourself for a second. We're gonna <laughs> shift this for a second. Look, you're on a TV show. You, you're, you're one of the WWE superstars, one of the, and you're also just great at it, right? You're financially pretty successful. You, you, you're in a good marriage. You have all these great things going on. You have a person. What are you great at? Like how, obviously, yeah, you had this pedigree and all that, but like, it's, everyone, just so you know, we started recording here at almost 7 p.m. on a Saturday evening. <laughs> is where we are. So this lady and I could be anywhere in the world right now that we would like to be. And you chose to come all the way down here after a full day on a Saturday. You're wrestling tomorrow night on television. Right. Okay. You take this for granted. The type of schedule, the type of effort, the type of work that people that win put in. We both do. So talk a little bit about, like, be brag a little bit. Why are you so successful? And you are, by the way, so just admit Thank it. Thank you. So why um, do you think it is about you? I think the biggest thing for me, and this is two things, repetition, reps, mm. reps, 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 getting repetition at anything, just getting, just you guys got to keep doing it. Yeah. I think consistency. Mm. I, look, I don't look for perfection in people, and I don't look for, for perfection in myself. I just look for being consistent. I look for it in my friends. Mm. When you're my friend, you're my friend forever. Mm. Like I don't like, you know, if you get fired from WWE or it's not like, oh, I don't want to be friends with her. She's not important or like, no, when you're my friend, like we're, we're, we got to bond. Mm. But I look for consistency in people. I don't let a lot of people in, but when you're in, you're in. Mm. And I think like, I don't need a ton of friends, but I want good friends. I want good people in my life. I mm. want, I want to lead by example, and I just think that's about being consistent. Hmm. I might not be able to do a triple moonsault off the top of a cage, but every time you see me in the ring, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be hmm. consistently good. I'm going to give you consistently good matches in the gym. There's some days I don't feel like working out. There's some days I feel strong as hell. Yeah. But I go in the gym, and I'm consistent. I keep trekking away at it. Sometimes I have terrible form on my clean and jerk. Sometimes hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so strong. Like, get your ass in the gym and work out. Mm -hmm. You know, same thing with eating. Same thing with like everything is just being consistent. Some days, you know, I want to have that chocolate cake, yeah. but you got to stay on track. You got to mm -hmm. be consistent. It's it's mm -hmm. with your with with what you eat, with what you do, with the people that you hang out with. It's like um, that is a great answer, by the way. Be consistent, and it's like it's also what you do on the days you don't feel like it. So it's yeah. like your habits and rituals override how you feel about things. Working out is like an appointment. And I say mm. that to my mom. I'm like, and that's what's helping my mom really get through my dad's passing is like, we got her into working out. My mom's lost 10 pounds in three Whoa. months. And I'm like, she's so excited. We do these little workout classes together. And I'm in there. I get in trouble in every class, by the mm. way. The coach is like, Natty, stop talking. And I'm going off my mom. Like, Lana's driving me crazy. Like, we're <laughs> chatting. But my mom has lost 10 pounds. I think that's I, wonderful. I probably put on three. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no. <laughs> That's wonderful. It's all in the squats, I guess. Yeah. But, but you know, it's, it's just about being consistent. And, and that's, I think, just, yep. you got to just keep on keeping on. What you do, by the way, that is that is a separator of all the people I've interviewed. They're more consistent people. They just, and by the way, i just tell you straight up. They're just, they're, they work so hard, they're not even aware of how hard they work. It becomes like, a routine. Yeah, it's, it's what you do. But the other thing is, we just went back to family again. I just want to point this out to everybody. No, no, no. It always comes back to family I, with you. I, this, sorry. No, it's massively important. There's so yeah. many lessons in you, almost of anybody I've ever had on, you do all kinds of things unconsciously great. <laughs> so I just want to point them out for the audience because you just do it. Like, you just take for granted, oh yeah, I'm on this show, I'm wrestling tomorrow night, I got a good husband, I'm making money, I'm honoring my dad. I, like, it's like, you're in great shape. It's like, come on, girl, like, it's amazing. 
And one of the reasons is, is that you have big reasons. The other thing successful people do is they have big reasons. You know that you could have easily hidden in your family. So one of the you know, people go, well, what an advantage having this. You could have hidden in that family. You could have said, I'm the daughter of, I'm the granddaughter. I've lived your whole life hiding in that story. Instead, you created your own story. And, and a lot of you listening, listen to me on this, everybody. Don't hide in your family. You say you love your family like she loves her dad, prove it. Go do something great in your life. Honor them. Yeah. Get off your tail and go do something. If you really love these people, don't hide behind them. Don't use them as excuses. Okay, she could have used this as an excuse to cool it for a year and a half of her life. And so she's mourning, you, it's on your face, you're, you, but you're, you're doing something about it too. So I think you just have huge reasons. It's one of the and, other reasons you're successful. And you know, like forward is forward. Like even if we just move slowly forward, you just gotta keep moving. Mm. You gotta, you know, and especially after my dad passed away, like I, I, for the first few days, I was like, I don't even know how I'm gonna go to work. And then I was like, yeah. what am I gonna do on Sunday? Am I gonna go to SummerSlam or gonna, am I gonna sit on my couch and cry? Mm. And I was like, I'd rather be at SummerSlam crying with my friends. Mm. And so, you know, just moving forward and setting goals. And for me, like, I never wanna stop. And it's funny, I look at Vince McMahon. He's in his 70s. Right. He works out at two o'clock in the morning. He literally finishes raw and his trainer is waiting for him at the hotel. He's a maniac. He's shredded and he has the work, he will not take time off. Mm. And he sets the example like, and none of us can take time off because Vince won't take time off. That's what the leader does. So, yeah. and he just sets an, such an example that like, you just have this incredible work ethic and mm. you know, it, it becomes routine where like, I, I told my mom, I was like, I don't want to retire from anything. Like, I don't want to wrestle forever, but sure. I also am never retiring from wrestling. There's never gonna be a day where I go, I'm not doing this ever. Like, no, 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 I'm never retiring from anything that I love. I might not put the boots back on, but right. it's gonna be in my heart. Yeah. You know? I hope you keep going a while though, because you have so many things. Yeah. It's the other thing about you, I wanna point out one more thing about this woman, okay? And that is that people that I measure that, that are winning, you can't buy their will to win. In other words, there's no price to get you to stop completely what you just said. Some people can be bought with success. In other words, they make enough money, they get enough accolades, they stop making the effort. Their will to win to make progress gets bought with success. Also, people can be bought with failure. Like, it's just too big a price. It's just, not, I just can't go through it. It's, I don't wanna do it. Well, my, my, I've got illness in my family. Someone passed away, I got rejected. And their will to win gets bought. The people that win are consistent. They have big reasons. And their will to win can't be bought. She just named all three of the things right out of my damn book without even knowing it. So wow. I completely, totally yeah. agree with you on that. All right. But also, you gotta do what makes you happy. When you do what makes you happy, you don't feel like you go to, like I don't feel like, other than the early morning flights, which I can't stand on the back of a Southwest plane. Get a jet. I, I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, I love what I do. When you love what you do, you don't feel like you go to work. So that's mm. the one like other great thing about what I do is like, mm. I, I feel motivated because I like it. When you find what you like, you really yeah. don't feel like you're working. Yeah. I get to have so much fun. Yeah, you, 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 another element I just want to say this to everybody is like, we've talked a lot about destiny on the show today. And when you're using natural gifts you have to pursue your destiny, you're ultimately happy and it's not work and that's what you're doing. Like I had no idea how much I read about you we have some mutual friends but I didn't I don't think I understood the depth of your love for your family nor did I understand the depth of you and I really 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 like you a lot I really oh, think I think today was incredible and Me too. Um, I'm so happy I came and yeah well we just we just changed a whole lot of other people's lives is there anything else you want to let anybody know about your dad or Alzheimer's anything like that before we wrap up anything you'd want to add no, in I, mean, I, just, I hope everybody you know if you get a chance to tune in and watch um, the finale it's just 
It's just so powerful because, you know, there, we have such an incredible cast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our Total Divas cast, whether it's Naya, Nikki, Brie, Naomi, Lana, um, our cast is so strong and Paige, you know, you look at her, she's overcome so much and I think everybody has a story mm. and you have to sometimes take, you gotta take lemons and make the best damn vodka lemonade yeah. you can make out of it. <laughs> and you gotta take something, take a negative and turn it into a massive positive and that's mm. one of the great things about Total Divas and especially this finale that like, I'm just so proud of this finale, maybe more than any other episode in the history of the show because it's not sad. You don't feel sad afterwards. You just feel like, wow, like we can do anything we want to do. We can overcome anything. We can do this with a positive attitude and we can take uh, something sad and we can make it amazing. We can make it the most incredible thing you've ever, you know, and that's why I feel like my dad is like, my dad is riding high right now. Yeah. He is like, every wrestler always wants to have, I said this to Stephanie the other day, I said, my dad's getting one last run. And every wrestler wants that one last run. And my dad's getting that one last run, and right now he's champion of the world. Oh, man. I just love today. Your dad is so <laughs> I don't know why I just want to tell you. I know your dad's so proud of you, you know? I can't yeah. even tell you how much I miss him, so. Well, by the way, I can't do lemons into lemonade, but I did do grapes into wine. You did opus one. So, so I just want to say cheers to you and to your Thank dad. Thank you so much. Cheers to your dad. Thank you so much. Today was amazing. Oh, Thank I'm you so, so glad much. we talked. I feel like it was therapy. Today rock. I'm yeah. here for you anytime. Yeah. Listen, everybody, did you enjoy today? I told you we were going on a run. I told you this would be an experience. Everyone around us is crying, so you were probably crying at home too. <laughs> Michael, the camera guy, is even a little teary-eyed. I so. know. I'm like, gosh, Natty, stop it. It was awesome. So you got to follow this lady on social media. Tune into the series finale tonight of the Total Divas. And remember, everybody, every single day on social media, on Instagram, I run the two-minute drill. That means when I make a post, if you make a comment within the first two minutes, hashtag max out. I pick a daily winner. You get coaching with me, coaching with my guests, my books, gear. So stay engaged there with us, everyone, and continue to max out your life. God bless you. This is the Ed Milet Show. Compete, lead, and kick ass.